leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Reporting an encounter with aliens can be hard, even on an adult witness. Seeing an unusual light, a strange being, or even a craft in the sky is not an event most people want to share. If you're fortunate, you're not alone when you see it. You have others with you who saw it too. Being a lone witness can be hard. Having to prove your honesty is much harder alone. So you would think multiple witnesses would be instantly believed. They tell the same story as you. They draw similar events and even finish your sentences. Yet in several cases like this, with multiple witnesses and similar accounts, the reports are not taken seriously, due simply to the age of the witnesses. Now you would think, when a whole classroom of children and their teacher see not only a craft, but also some strange individuals that exited that craft, they would have been believed. But sadly, that was not the case. Even when several independent people also came forward who had seen the craft and the light in the sky, the reports were still doubted. Tonight, I bring you some cases where our witnesses were cited as hysterical, or under a mass illusion of some kind. The reports were blamed on hyperactive imaginations and mass hysteria, even though several adults also witnessed what the children did. I'd like to look at the cases from the witnesses' point of view and share their stories with you here tonight. The school children who saw aliens. In 1994, over 60 children at the aerial school in Ruwa, Zimbabwe, said they saw a UFO and aliens that had big black eyes and they were in a brushland near their school playground. The story was reported around the world. A BBC news crew were among the first on the scene and spoke to pupils and teachers. There were also reports of strange lights and craft in the sky in other parts of Zimbabwe as well as in Zambia and South Africa. So many world experts declared this event as mass hysteria and just dismiss the claims. I've looked into this case and others like it over the past few years, and each child shared their experience in a very no-nonsense way. The incident occurred on September the 16th, 1994, and over the years, it turned out to be one of the most fascinating UFO sightings known to man. It gained attention throughout the world, not just because it was a mass sighting, but also due to its location. The majority of alien or UFO sightings, I think most people believe, are only reported in the West, 
while this happened in Africa. The children were out at break time when they saw the craft and some of the children said they saw humanoid beings that came out from the craft and the beings tried to communicate with them. A Pulitzer Prize winning head of psychiatry at Harvard interviewed many of them and he concluded that they were telling the truth. 40 years on, they're now adults and they've all stuck to their stories for decades. Researchers travelled to the school where they asked the kids to draw what they'd seen while it was fresh in their minds. One investigator, Gunter Hofer, was one of the first on the scene documenting the incident and he took photographs of the area. He shared his photos, which show some wedge-shaped impressions that had been left within the dirt by the UFO. And he's also seen standing near the flattened grass. Hoffa would later realise that some of the children had seen UFOs on two separate days. Thursday, September the 15th and Friday the 16th, 1994. A map of the aerial school illustrates the two landing sites where the UFOs are said to have touched down on the two consecutive days. Some of the children describe seeing a craft in a separate location on the savannah which is where Gunther found the impressions within the grass and the soil. He said, I found two oval shapes, one larger and one smaller. I also found what looked like a wedged shape marking in the ground where something had pushed into the soil. Poffer was first re-alerted to the incident the day it occurred uh, by the BBC's A Man in Zimbabwe, Tim Leach. Leach accompanied him and a local UFO researcher named Cynthia Hind to interview the children on the following Tuesday. Cynthia asked the headmaster if the kids could draw what they'd witnessed while it was fresh in their minds. Offer said, there was a very palpable atmosphere of excitement, of course, and also confusion over what it could be that they'd seen. Most of the descriptions we got from the kids were very consistent, a short-looking being. A lot of the children described a being with very large eyes. They couldn't describe the clothing exactly, but one of them said it reminded them of a diving suit because it was tight-fitting. When the school children were asked to draw their observations, some produced drawings containing two objects, one which was cigar-shaped, labelled Thursday, and another which was disc-like or oval-shaped, and that was labelled Friday. Hofer said the two boys told him that on Thursday, September the 15th, they saw a craft with flashing lights and it was flying above the power lines on the other end of the playground. And it was moving. It disappeared instantly and reappeared somewhere else. And then it vanished again, he said. It was in that location he found the flattened grass and the wedge markings. The earth there was rock solid due to a very long drought that had happened in Zimbabwe. So whatever made that mark, he said, must have dug in really hard. The area where the two oval impressions were spotted was inaccessible to vehicles, although cattle could access the area. The largest shape or oval within the ground was about 30 feet long and there were no imprints to suggest any cows walking through. Hofer said that while he and Leach were interviewing the boys, they were distracted by a bright light shining from the nearby hills. It was on top of a hill. He said, we saw an extremely bright, intense light that interfered with filming, like someone was reflecting sunlight at us. I went out there later on and investigated, but I couldn't find a source for the light or where it had originated from.
The footage featuring the bright light has never been released and Hofer has tried to obtain it from the BBC without success. Leach, a former head of foreign correspondence, died in 2011. And according to Hofer, the children who saw the beings described them as moving in slow motion, like they were on the moon, and speculated there may have been an intense gravitational field that was created by this craft. 40 years on, the children stand by their story. Several were interviewed for a documentary by a chap named Randall Nicholson for his new movie. The movie is entitled Aerial Phenomena. And he said the witnesses are still impacted as adults and have suffered from PTSD. Liz Hillfield, who was in grade four at the time, told the documentary maker, I remember seeing two flashing lights and I saw a big silver saucer that was hovering and then it landed or it hovered on a stone. And then I saw two figures come out of it. They're really black, but the face, you could not actually see much of it. It seemed to be white in colour. Another witness, Robert Medcalf, who was in grade two at the time, said, I suddenly realised that he wasn't quite normal, this man that I saw. He didn't actually know about UFOs or aliens at the time. I just thought it was a really strange person. The being's eyes were almost like rugby balls or American footballs with huge eyes on the side of the face. Nickerson stated in an interview that a UFO was picked up and tracked by radar twice a day for several days before the encounter. An unidentified object travelling across the Atlantic at high speed was pinged first by the Mexican radar and shortly after by commercial radar in Johannesburg. The radar contact was eventually tracked to a location near the Zimbabwean border near Botswana. In the weeks after the incident, the head of Harvard Department of Psychiatry, John Mack, flew to Zimbabwe to interview the children. In videotaped sessions, several of the children said they received psychic messages from the beings they encountered, and those messages warned them of environmental damage by humans to the planet. Liesl Field told Mark that the being didn't speak, but sent her a message through its eyes. It was like all the world and the trees would just go down and there would be no air and no people and everyone would be dying, she said. I think that in space there's no love, but down here there is, and they want to experience emotion. Nickerson, the filmmaker, is a UFO experiencer himself. Together with his sister, they were abducted by alien beings as children. So in my eyes, he was the best person for the job. Being a fellow witness gives you a different perspective on the experience. And sometimes only other experiences can understand where you're coming from. I mean, you can hear how sensible and straightforward the children were when interviewed about the craft. There's been a UFO alert across southern Africa. This is a continuation of possible UFO story. A large, brightly coloured object was seen travelling very fast above Zimbabwe, Zambia and South Africa. I thought it was an alien and he had big eyes. Several planes saw it. The experts are baffled. Rua, Ariel School, 19th September, 94. 12, 12, local time. Could you tell me what you saw on, on Friday? Well, it looked like it was like glinting in the trees. Like it looked like roundabout like a 
like a disc, like a round. Are you sure it yeah. wasn't a, a ha- Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carry a jump jet or no. something that the Zimbabwe Air Force it was like got. In a- in a disc. I saw something silver on the ground amongst the trees and the person in black. They had big black eyes. That's all I saw. I saw a glimpse. They kind of turned around and stared and then went back into a kind of like ship. I saw this this silver thing in amongst this clump of, of trees with this one thing sitting up, up on the side and another thing sort of like running up and down the, the top. What does he look like? His, his face was like this, and his eyes were down here. Uh, Mr. Mackey, you're headmaster of Ariel School. Tell me, what, what, what do you think of all this? Um, I feel sure that the children feel that they did see something. We asked them to draw pictures of what they saw on Friday, and um, after looking at those, I definitely feel that they did see something. What do you think that was? I agree that it could be something that we um, are not common with. Um, But to actually say that it was a UFO, I would be uh, reluctant to make a decision like that. Next, we hear from two local residents who also saw something at the same time. What did you see? I just uh, uh, saw a glow over my chicken run. Uh, A very orange glow. It was a helicopter? No, no, it was just a big round wall. Can you just tell us what happened the other night in Kriber? We suddenly looked up and we saw this thing coming over the top of the hill. As it sort of grew, uh, came abreast of us, it suddenly uh, changed from this glow to, to let's say, two big red orange balls. Um, again, first thought was um, an Airbus 300 with the, the two engines. But then one thing we noticed about it was the, the lack of sound. In total, I would say about 14 people saw this in our group anyway. Cynthia Hind attended the school with her investigators, spoke to the children and also spoke to the headmaster. Couldn't have you brought with you? Uh, well, Gunter is a highly technical chap and he's made his own Geiger counter, his own metal detector. We're going to check it out and see if there's any radioactivity there. 
And what are your impressions after this morning's little expedition? Well, I, I certainly believe the children have come across a similar type of thing in Broadhaven in Wales, 1979, and the British didn't believe it, although I went down three times, and it's very similar to the whole incident here. I have to be honest, I don't think even the BBC reporters believe the children's accounts. You can hear the doubt as he questions them and their head teacher. Such as, yes. I have to be honest, I don't think even the BBC reporter believe the children's accounts. You can hear the doubt in his voice as he questions them and when he questions the head teacher. To suggest it was a Harrier jet, to my eyes, is just foolish. These children are not kindergarten age. If they witnessed a crime at their current age, their evidence would be considered good enough to be accepted in court. They seem very erudite, well-educated children who were certain about the events of that day. They also documented the events by writing about them and drawing what they saw. I wanted to see if there were any other reports in the area that might fit with the events that happened at the school. Benny Smith was an owner of a farm near Fort Buford in the Eastern Cape and he said that he had to fire shots at an unknown object during the morning of the 26th of June 1971. He was alerted to it by his labourer who at 9am noticed a fireball that was about 2.5 feet in diameter and it was moving about treetop height. Mr. Smith accurately fired eight shots at it, but these had no physical effects whatsoever. Instead, the object reacted to their presence and voices by shying away and hiding. A police sergeant from the police station and a commander arrived at 10am and they fired additional shots at the object. They stated that the object had been changing its colour up to this point, but now it assumed the appearance of a gun metal grey, somewhat oval shape, almost like a 44 gallon drum. When Schmidt fired two final shots from a mere 10 to 18 metres distance, the object lifted off and it went into the woodlands where it could be heard crashing through the undergrowth. Schmidt had a final sighting after 12 noon, but subsequently heard the sound of it at night. Six council members also reported watching the object through binoculars. Nine imprints of its landing gear were found in hard clay. The Grahamstown Army Regiment was said to have investigated this site. The base could not produce any records of the event. The incident received coverage by international press. It led to businesses capitalising on the incident, with a tavern calling itself the UFO bar painting flying saucers on the walls and the local hotel had clippings of the stories posted on the walls. So it was legit, they were reported, so why were the files lost? In 1989, there was report of the Kalihari crash. According to some leaked documents, an alien craft was shot down by South African aircraft some 80 miles into Botswana on the 7th of May, 1989. Two alien beings were claimed to have been captured on that site. And then there was the Lesotho crash that happened in 95 when an alien craft crashed on the 15th of September. It was claimed that the South African forces retrieved that craft 
and took three alien beings captive. At 4am on the 28th of August 1996, a glowing disc was videoed by an on-duty sergeant in Pretoria. Johan Becker noticed it hovering over the town. The pulsating disc contained a red triangle and at one point it emitted bright green tentacles. A chase ensued involving some 200 policemen and a B0105 police helicopter. The chopper with five officers took to the air at 5.30am and they spotted the object. They were in contact with radio operators at Vartekloof who reported radar clusters in its vicinity. While pursued by the chopper, this strange phenomena performed vertical and horizontal movements and it was outpacing the chopper at maximum speed. The chase was just given up at 10,000 feet when their fuel ran so low that it became dangerous for the chopper. The object made a vertical ascent straight up. On the 8th of May, 2000, 3.24am, police inspector Creel observed an approaching UFO while travelling on the N3 freeway, and that was 70 kilometres north of Warden in the eastern Free State province. The orange oval-shaped light was fitted with two cupolas, one above and one below and was wide enough to cover four lanes of the freeway. After a close approach, the craft receded again. A follow-up report stated that the vicinity is known for moving light apparitions. On the evenings of the 21st and 22nd of July 2010, residents in Pretoria observed a triangle of bright lights which hung motionless in the sky for two hours. In each instance, the object commenced at a very slow descent towards the horizon at about 8.30. Viewing it with binoculars revealed nothing more than a blue and emerald light with a white light which shone straight downwards. On the evenings of 11th, 20th, 21st of May 2011, a host of silent 20 orange lights with consistent luminosity were observed as they travelled faster than a commercial airplane um, near Pretoria. On the 15th of June, seven of these objects were observed and some of them were photographed as they crossed the sky in single file. At 10pm on the 30th of October 2011, a Mr Van Bruning photographed two of the five silent fireballs, which he observed travelling southwards in low cloud near the town of Harrismith, Two Presbury residents noticed an orange orb in the sky in November of 2015. Shortly afterwards, on the 22nd of November 2015, Ian Carbert managed to take another cell phone photo of the last of the four orange orbs that were travelling swiftly in file over Roberts Road, Clarendon, in the direction of Greytown. Six days later, on the evening of the 28th of November, Social media was abuzz with various reports of what seemed to be a green light hanging in the sky over Long Street, Cape Town. So it would seem Africa is not a stranger to UFO reports. I naively thought the incident at the school was a one-off, a rarity, but it would seem not. Reports are still coming in from all across the continent. UFO reports are being made far more frequently than ever before. Many governments have now admitted and released images and files stating just this. 
Several video captures of UFOs have also been released. All across the world, people are experiencing these events, regardless of how hard our governments try to cover this up. A similar experience to the aerial school sighting in Ruwa happened at a school here in the UK in the Welsh town during the 1970s. This was also investigated by Miss Childs. And it's known in England as the Broadhaven UFO. Mm, it was 40 years ago when a class at Broadway Haven Primary School said that they spotted a UFO in a field near their playground. It was one of a wave of sightings in the area in 1977, dubbed the Diffid Triangle. David Davies was 10 at the time and he heard reports of pupils seeing flying saucers throughout the day and he said, I'm a natural born sceptic. So after the bell rang, I decided to go to the area that the children said they'd seen it in, he said. He described seeing a silver, cigar-shaped craft with a dome covering the middle third. He said, my sighting only lasted a couple of seconds. It popped up. It went back behind the tree. Mr Davies said he did not feel afraid. He was more in awe and wondering at it. Although he admitted he did have a strange desire to run away. Next, we hear from the school children of Broadhaven as they explain what they saw that day. I was, my friend Philip here was trying to find a way over the stream and I was looking at the bushes up the top of the trees and then suddenly this silver cigar shaped object seemed to pop up from behind the bushes and uh, trying to take off then it disappeared again. Well I saw the spaceship, I didn't see the man. The spaceship it looked a cigar shape with a dome on it. It had yellowy orange to red light on the top of it. How clearly did you see it? Well, I did, I couldn't see its face because it was too far away. Oh, you say you saw a man as well, did you? Yes. And what about him? Well, he was too far away to be seen as well. Are you sure it wasn't perhaps just a helicopter or an aircraft from the airfield near here? A helicopter could land there, but it, it's such private property over there. And if they landed there, it could be prosecuted. And with an aircraft, the only thing they could get in there was a Harrier. Were you frightened at the time? Yes. Why? I thought if there were a inside there or something. I know that, that uh, 16 children saw it. And did they all see the same thing, do you think? Uh, there's a common core of similarity between all their descriptions. I, I, I got them to draw and write what they saw. Viewed in isolation, this story would appear much like the other 435 sightings that have been logged by the British government just in the 60s and 50s. But with the benefit of hindsight, it's just one of a previously unnoticed cluster of eerily similar experiences reported by small groups of unrelated school children who haven't spoken to each other in a space of six months. None of the teachers believed the children, so the headmaster separated them and he got them to draw what he saw. And there were slight variations, but what they drew was basically the same. Mr Davies described the days that followed as a bit of a wild roller coaster. He said it went crazy with media and it was difficult to settle down and actually think about what we'd seen. Two months later, Rosa Granville, who ran the Haven Fort Hotel in nearby Little Haven, described seeing an object which looked like an upside down saucer. Rosa also saw two faceless humanoid creatures that had pointed heads. 
She said so much heat came off it that her face felt like it had burned. And there were lights coming from it, she said, and the flames were all colours. Then the creatures came out of these flames, and that's what I don't understand. When she visited the field, she said there were two inches of burned grounds. Miss Granville said the incident left her agitated and disturbed. Rose's daughter Francine recalled what her mother saw in 1977. She said, My mum Rosa was a no-nonsense sort of woman, and this was very much out of character for her. She was not the type of person who believed in aliens. It was early morning, and mum was woken by a buzzing noise, and she thought she'd left the gas boiler on. Once downstairs, she realised the noise was coming from outside. She looked out and saw about 100 feet away an oval object she could only describe as a spacecraft, with light slowly landing and two figures emerging in silver suits. She was terrified because the figures, although reminiscent of men, had exceptionally long arms and legs. Their heads were covered by helmets and she called them creatures. Francine said where the unexplained craft landed, it left a small crater in the ground, which had a ridge around the outside that she says was still there decades on, although now hidden by the undergrowth. Early in February, groups of children at three Welsh primary schools reported UFO sightings, but only the story from Broadhaven Primary School was widely covered by the media, with the youngsters interviewed live on national telly at the scene. And in one case, a group of 15 children, mainly 10-year-old boys, saw a shiny, cigar-shaped UFO on the ground, not in the sky. In fields behind their school during their lunch break on Friday the 4th of February 1977. It was raining at the time, the boys were playing football when someone pointed out the object, partially hidden by trees and shrubs. Two of the group said the elongated object had a silver dome with a flashing light on top. Six of the group said they saw a tall man dressed in a silver suit standing beside the UFO. Evidently scared, the children ran back to the school, but they were not believed by the adults. After school finished, groups of youngsters went UFO spotting and later, supported by their parents, they visited the local police station to make a report. Drawings made by the children were sent to the Ministry of Defence and originals are today preserved in a scrapbook at the school. This archive includes a contemporary account from the school diary written in third person by the head teacher Ralph Llewellyn, who became the focus of the media. It reveals that he interviewed 15 children separately on Monday the 7th of February. He examined their drawings and their notes. The drawings are often described as remarkably similar. Mr Llewellyn concluded that they were telling the truth. Swansea UFO Network organiser Emlyn Williams said, the case at Broadhaven started a worldwide interest. Asked if he thought it was genuine, he said, one child can lie, but can a whole class and a teacher? Over 40 years, at least one of them would have come forward to say they made it up and not one of them have done that. Mr Williams said there were several sightings the day the children claimed to have seen the UFO, including a report at Hubberston School in Middlehaven. Eyewitness Mr Davis, who lived in Shropshire, said he's always been open-minded to theories which try to explain the sightings, but they've no time they ever have. 
He said, many people are ridiculed for saying they've seen a UFO. My secondary school life was a misery. I was beaten senselessly purely because of what happened to me, because of what I saw. It would have been so much easier to take back my story. He admits UFOs have been a subject that has gone on to dominate his life. And at one point he said, I must have had the largest library of UFO books in Wales. Another central location that Emlyn felt was connected to reports coming from all across Pembrokeshire is Ripperston Farm. The farm was owned by Billy and Pauline Coombs, who over the years experienced a number of mysterious incidents. Emlyn said, the couple were watching the TV about 10pm one night and suddenly they were terrified by the aspect of a seven foot tall silver suited being with a black face that was standing at the window looking in at them. The top of its head was above the height of the top window. They phoned the police and they came and they found that there was a rose bush in the garden that had been scorched. So a heat source had been there. Other incidents the Coombs family endured was that Pauline, her mum and the children were once chased by an orb of light while travelling home in the car and it resulted in the car completely cutting out. Another sighting of a silver humanoid again in 1977 in Milford Haven. This one hovered in the air for 25 minutes. Emlyn said, It was a guy called Cyril John, a local councillor. And he was getting up early to get the train to London and he noticed a light shining in his bedroom window. When he looked out, he saw a grey egg-shaped object with a bright orange-red light on the top of it, about 60 metres away from him. The other object he saw was a seven or eight-foot humanoid figure who was floating in the air like a parachutist about 30 feet away. It wore a silver-grey boiler suit and it was motionless before both just slowly drifting away. Surely that would be hard to hoax, Emily said, and it adds credence to the other sightings of these tall humanoids, including the sighting by Rosa Granville, that had been seen. As earlier stated, there were so many reports of crafts and lights in the sky in 77, it became known in UFO circles as the Broadhaven Triangle. Multiple witnesses, including farmers, and school children saw either a landed craft, an unexplained object in the sky, or seven foot tall beings in silver suits that were roaming the Welsh countryside. Multiple school children in Hubberston saw the craft hovering above the school. Peter Padgett took the report and included it in his book, The Welsh Triangle. Peter revealed that a group of 20 children at the school sighted a cigar shaped object overhead during their lunch break, which was also seen by an adult in the playground. This happened on the same day as the Broadhaven report. Mike Maunder said that in 1977, that was probably the most active UFO year in documented times in South Wales, with a spike in February in particular, with 21 reports of mainly cigar-shaped objects hovering in the sky from Bridgend to Blackwood and Penarth to Pembroke. There are a number of locations within the so-called Welsh Triangle that are key to 1977, turning out to be a bumper year of unidentified sightings and encounters. Skeptics at the time of the Broadhaven incident said that the children saw nothing more than a sewage lorry or a farm 
piece of farm machinery. Emily said there was no way a lorry would have driven into that boggy area without getting stuck. Many of the children were from farming backgrounds, so they were used to seeing plant machinery. They were used to seeing sewage trucks. I don't think they would have mixed them up with a UFO. A few years earlier, one evening in 1974, it was reported that a craft was said to have crashed in North Wales and that the government secretly removed a number of dead ET bodies, beings, I'm not really sure what words to use, Newly released documents describe how residents in Clandrillo, near the Berwyn Mountains, first reported strange lights streaking across the sky. Then, as the night wore on, the villagers heard a massive explosion and felt a tremor ripple through their homes. Roads were sealed off and people were kept away from the site after the incident. It is said that the alien bodies were then taken to Port and Down Biological Warfare Centre. A search and rescue team from Aria Falle on Anglesey was scrambled in response to the reports. It was said there was an explosion and a large fire on the mountainside. Some witnesses described seeing a bright red light, like a coal red fire. The light was a large perfect circle, like a big bonfire. Witnesses described seeing lights above and to the right of the red light and that white lights were moving to the bottom. Although the police and the RAF team began their search within an hour of the incident, nothing was found. The search carried on through the night, though, until it was called off just after 2pm the next day. The MOD release file shows the authorities did receive a number of reports of an unusual object seen in the sky just before 10pm on the evening in question. The officials conceded that a bright light was seen descending to the Earth's surface and it was seen in many parts of Britain. The military thought that it was probably just a bolide, a meteor which enters the Earth's atmosphere and burns up. The Whitehall file says a private investigation carried out on behalf of the British Astronomical Society concluded, however, that the meteor may in fact have disintegrated over Manchester and that its appearance was preceded at 8.32pm by an earth tremor in the Berwyn Mountains, which had no connection. This official explanation kind of failed to convince many people, and I'm not surprised, yeah. One chap said, something came down in the Berwyn Mountains on that night. I am certain of it. And we were visited by an object that evening. Officially, Whitehall has always been open-minded on the existence of alien life merely saying that there is no irrefutable evidence. Alien abduction is officially described as a non-issue. However, the 5,000 pages of files that were released document the constant belief that these people are being taken over and over and over again. So to call it a non-issue is just insulting. These events are not the only UFO reports made by children. In a blog titled Close Encounters in the Playground, there are a number of reports just like the ones discussed tonight. Davy Clark, who runs the blog, said, From 2009 to 2013, I acted as a curator for the special project that involved the transport of 210 files from the MOD's archives into the public domain. There were some striking images in there, some UFO drawings from the National Archives, and they were older than the Second World War. Some of the most remarkable drawings in the book 
produced by school children. For example, one lunchtime in October of 1977, 10 Cheshire youngsters aged 7 to 11 saw an ecliptical UFO hovering in the trees behind the playground of Upton Primary School in Macclesfield. It rose into the sky and vanished. Their teacher, Mrs Hindmarsh, ushered the children inside and asked them to draw what they'd seen, separating them to ensure that no copying took place. The youngsters used pencils, coloured crayons, to produce the images that ended up in the MOD file. Their drawings are so clear and striking that they were selected as one of the highlights of his book. In this case, their teacher passed that dossier to Cheshire Police and to the MOD's UFO desk. In his covering letter, the police officer said, there was a remarkable similarity in these sketches with regards to the UFO and its location between the trees. But this was just one example from a series of sightings made from schools during 1977. Another file contains drawings and letters sent to the MOD by youngsters and their teacher from North Wales. In an immaculate handwriting, 10-year-old Gua Jones reported her UFO experience in a letter addressed to the RFA Valley in North Wales. She said, We were playing netball with Mrs Williams in the yard and she was showing us how to throw a ball into the net when I saw an object high in the sky. Her letter that was endorsed by the teacher arrived with a collection of drawings showing an identical flying saucer produced by her school friends. I shouted at the top of my voice to the others and they looked up and saw it, she said. It had a black dome on top and a silver cigar-shaped base. It was travelling smoothly across the sky in a northerly direction. It remained in our sight for about three minutes and then it went behind the only cloud in the sky and reappeared again for about one minute. And then it disappeared. Gua was one of nine youngsters, aged 8 to 11, who saw the silent object from school in Anglesey on the afternoon of Wednesday, the 16th of February. Their teacher, Mayor Williams, told the Western Mail, it was a really bright afternoon and the object was flying very high towards Bull Bay. I took the children back into school, I separated them, and I told them to draw what they seen. I never believed on those things until I've seen this. These extraordinary stories are among dozens that reach the MOD's UFO desk. A covering note from RAF Valley says, we can offer no positive explanation or identification of anything that was seen. You may be wondering what my sudden interest in UFOs are. Well, it's not a sudden interest, it's been going on a while. The other night, I was up Winter Hill with Mark. It was about 10 o'clock, so it was still quite light. The sun hadn't gone down yet, and we were sat having a coffee watching the sky, as we always do. And we suddenly noticed this really bright light, and it was almost the shape of the Egyptian onk, if you know what that is. And as we're watching it, I'm checking for green light or red light, you know, making sure it's not a helicopter or a plane. And it blinked twice, and it just vanished. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And we both saw it at the same time. We both still doubting what we saw, questioning it and trying to work out what it was. Thank you for tuning in tonight. It may have been a little bit noisy because I had to record from the stables today. So you might have heard the odd whinny or the odd dog bark and I'm going to apologise for that. But I am always very appreciated that you choose to spend your time here with me. Check out the links below for my social media sites and places where you can find exclusive content.
I will be back next week, same time, same day, with other personal reports of the strange and the unexplained. Have a fantastic weekend. Good night, everyone. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.